This episode of the Sports Corner podcast contains content matter that some might find troubling or triggering. Our third segment deals with NFL players accused of various types of assault and violence, and listener discretion is advised, especially for our younger audience. Thank you. Welcome to episode 74 of the Sports Corner Podcast. My name is Nick, joined once again by Steven, back from his time away. We're also back from missing last week's podcast because, well, I was very sick and Steven was very busy. Either way, it's good to be back behind the microphone. Great to be back in your ears. It is a Monday night for us, which means it's probably a Tuesday morning or later for you. Either way, thank you for joining us. Steven, how are you? I am awesome. How are you? I am so much better than I was a week ago. And I'll tell you what, I'm even more better because Stevie McWonder just dropped that uh, Prime sub here in the Twitch channel. So we love Prime subs. We love subscriptions in general. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, I will remind you that we stream this thing live every Monday night at twitch.tv slash pastornick86. So if you want to come and join in live during the show, just like Jen is doing in the chat, and just like our good friend KingCal91 was doing during the pre-show, uh, we appreciate you guys. A big congratulations to King Cal, by the way. He took a surprise trip in his home native land of Australia and got married this weekend. A surprise little marriage. I assume he and his now wife knew about it, but no one else did. So congratulations to Cal. Even us. Not even, well, he did not tell, I, you know, that's, that's, we're not going to get into it because let me just say this. All right. So we are live on uh, Twitch every Monday night, pre-shows at around 8.30. The show starts at nine or a few minutes before. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app, no later than Tuesday morning, usually by Monday night, because, hey, I'm really good at getting our content out. What can I say? Woo. If you leave us a five-star review on the old iTunes or other podcast app, we will shout that you out on the podcast. We'll read that review. Leave us a five-star review. Leave, uh, write it out. If it passes the family filter of iTunes, we will read it. Steven, uh, how did you like my solo episode that I released two weeks ago while you were you were supposed to be out of town? I don't think you ended by being out of town, but, uh, yeah, but the show was recorded, a, so we did it. I had a death in the family, <laughs> um, and um, I work in an accounting firm, and this is in our busy season. And so I was unable, I was planning to go to, uh, to Missouri for the funeral. I was unable to do so, um, due to my work schedule being too busy. So I wound up staying, but then, um, you were gracious enough to run and fly solo there. Did a tremendous job. Um, and last week, um, I was actually, hold busy. on, don't sit there and say I did a tremendous job. Like you've listened to that episode. You lie last like week, you're twice as ugly. Last week, um, I got home about the time we start the podcast, and yeah. Nick was trying to stay alive on his oh, man. couch or I was, or I was in the bed floor. by the time we were podcasting. I was actually about four feet, five feet that way in the spare bedroom bed because I was trying to not pass the disease on to anyone else, although everyone else ended yes. by getting as, actually my as wife, your wife was first. Al- as your wife was already sick. Yeah, that's true. Which you found out three days later. Yeah, so... You know, you got to love it. So we were off last week, but we appreciate that. Uh, you know, the mountain of emails and social media messages we got about being off was monumental, but we are back. So, um, but the reason I asked why you didn't listen, you know, you, if you listen to the show or not, is because we had another uh, review that I read on that episode. So 
Oh, yeah. You're not the most recent reviewer, but we would love for there to be even more. So find us on that social media. Give us that five-star rating. Has Jen reviewed? Jen hasn't, but I wasn't going to call her out since she's live here in the chat right now. You know? I just did, though. I just, okay. just you did might have. Up. You might have. Hey, you can also find us on social media. We have a Facebook and a Twitter page. Both of those handles are at SportsCorner865. You can give them a follow. We talk about our schedule. We tweet and message when we're going live, things like that. And then also um, you can follow me personally at PastorNick86 or Stephen at stevenmccoy 23 And then also be sure to join the Discord. A lot of great conversation going on in there. That link, as always, is in our chat right now if you're live in Twitch. Or the links to our social media and the Discord will be in the uh, show notes if you're listening on your favorite podcast app. Just check out those show notes, and you can find those links right there. So that's kind of the pre-show notes that we wanted Mm -hmm. to get uh, not out of the way because they're so important. Uh, But we do want to mention them because they are are important. And um, seriously, your guys's reviews and retweets and sharing of our content is how we help grow the show. Uh, it has been steadily growing um, as far as our listens go. I don't want to toot my own horn, but our solo episode the other week, our, our, one of our highest listened uh, shows in a while. No, I think the reason for that is because I talked about uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict and how that relates to sports. And uh, I am interested, Stephen, not tonight, but to get into that with you at some point. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and talk about that because it is an intriguing content uh, and concept to talk about. And the news had just broken then, so we didn't. Even, I didn't even really get to get into it in that show. But uh, about um, Brittany Griner being arrested in her Russia. Stay, stay has been extended stay through May extended. I think they finally like released a picture for like holding a piece of actually, paper with the date on it or something goofy like that. So I guess it's like a proof of life. Um, hopefully, that's good. I've read that point. Sure, sure. But let's get into um, tonight's episode content. Um, we're going to try and keep this thing at about 30 minutes long. We're already at six minutes, so that means we've got 24 minutes to talk yeah, about. We got an this. update on the NCAA tournament. I don't All know about right. your bracket, Stephen, but mine is... I have perfect. not even looked, man. <laughs> um, and then we want to talk a little bit about NFL um, free agency. So, um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so NCAA tournament. It's the, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, they say that's Christmas. I do love Christmas, but you NCAA really tournament time yeah. might take the cake. Uh, well, there were 32 games over the week. Well, 32 games across Thursday and Friday. Uh, I believe those were the two most unproductive days of the year at work, if I'm not mistaken. I can believe it. Um, and then uh, Saturday and Sunday followed up with um, A to piece there. So. Super fun times. So just to recap some of the big news here, um, St. Peter's now owns, I think that, I think Kentucky legally has to change their name, if I'm not mistaken, okay. to okay. St. Peter's. Um, sure. So uh, the 15 seed St. Peter's Peacocks, it's very important. Um, they go out and they upset the uh, University of Kentucky in the mm-hmm. opening round matchup. Um, they followed that up. They played Murray State in round Kentucky, two. Kentucky, by the way, in, Kentucky, yeah. a two seed, right? Yes, two seed Kentucky, I mean, so fifteen seed St. It's Pete. fairly yeah. rare for a fifteen to beat a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And right. then um, they follow that up. They play Murray State round two, also found in the state of Kentucky, and they win that game. So St. Peter's is all the way to the Sweet Sixteen. Currently, the sum of the seeds in the Sweet Sixteen is um, eighty-five. Okay, uh, that is the fourth highest of all time. Last year was number one at ninety-four. I think the last year had a lot to do with uh, COVID. You didn't have crowds, 
Mm-hmm. And so you didn't, ha- you had some more upsets because you didn't really have the, you know, they try to seed the, the top couple seeds close to their home. Sure. As close as they can, you know, like Duke's playing in Greenville, South Carolina, and Gonzaga's playing up in Portland, Oregon. So they're trying to put them in similar, uh, in similar areas there. Um, without crowds last year, I think it led to some more upsets, but, you know, you turn around, we have crowds back, and the upsets continue. Uh, to well, recap some of those, go ahead. It just always seems like there's at least one team that does something surprising. And granting, it's not usually that 15 seed. It's usually like that 12 to like 13 seed. But uh, it's always exciting to watch that mm-hmm. come out of nowhere team just do some surprising things and not just get the the like one upset because that happens every so often is where you'll see the the unexpected yeah. you know 14 win or something like that. But they yeah, don't usually I mean, advance far. And and you know right. I know we're not. You know, we're not into anything beyond the Sweet 16, but the fact that St. Mary's can even make it there is just fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of recap some of those upsets, uh, the number two seed Auburn Tigers are out. They lost Mm -hmm. to 10th seeded Miami, who upset seven seed USC in the first round. Two seed Kentucky is now out. Uh, I mentioned that they lost to the 15th seed St. Peter's Peacocks. The one seed Baylor Bears lose to eight seeded North Carolina. Three seed Wisconsin loses to eleventh seeded Iowa State, who upset the sixth seed in the first round, and then the three seed Tennessee Volunteers are out via the eleven seeded Michigan Wolverines. So, um, who do we have from the SEC left? Just Arkansas? Is that just it? Arkansas? Yes, just Arkansas is left. LSU is out. Alabama is out. Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky are all out. Um, not a great look for the SEC. Um, Big 12, perhaps the best conference? Yes. So uh, I saw it t- earlier today. Um, let me pull it up. And they only got, what, four or five teams in? They got five, maybe? Yeah, it's pretty pretty so low for them being the best conference. Uh, some more fun notes. The We are two games away, two overtime games away from setting the record for the most in a single tournament. And we have a lot of games to be played. We do. So um, the ACC is eight and two with five teams. The Big Twelve is nine and three with six teams. Okay, six teams. Okay. Um, the SEC is a is four and five, but there's six teams. It's not good. Not so, great at all. And some high seed teams. You know. Yes, two seed, two seed, three seed. Yeah. Um, four seed Arkansas is still alive. It's not like they snuck in with some. 14 seeds or even like eight or nine seeds and, you know, yeah. went out. These are some guys that were teams that were expected to make some deep runs. In fact, mm-hmm. I kind of predicted my bracket more with my heart than I should have and had Tennessee sneaking a win somehow. So I have I really thought 50% I, of my final four in play, but uh, my championship is completely busted. I had Baylor playing Tennessee. So I really thought Tennessee was going to make a run. Uh, they won the SEC championship. Um, mm-hmm. since we've last talked, they, they it were felt like looking, they were getting hot at the right time and they, they just, they picked a bad day to have a bad day. They didn't mm-hmm. play poorly. They just missed wide open shots. I mean, yeah. I know that means you're playing poorly, but it's not like they turned the ball over a lot or, you know, gave up a hundred points. They just missed their open looks. They had, they played a good offense. They got good looks. They just couldn't knock them down. And, you know, Michigan took advantage and Michigan moves on. Um, one other note, and we've mentioned this throughout the year through different sports, but, there is an issue right now with officiating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been awful in this tournament. I watched the Baylor North Carolina game. Uh, North Carolina was up twenty six, I believe, 
And that was one of the most poorly officiated stretches I've ever seen, allowing Baylor to get all the way back in it. Eventually goes to overtime. North Carolina pulls off that upset. But, I mean, just foul after foul with no calls. And it was it was horrible. I mean, I, I had no rooting interest in the game whatsoever. I picked Baylor. If anything, I should have been you know rooting for Baylor. But, my goodness, it was horrible. Uh, TCU last night had a chance to upset number one seed Arizona. And there was a, not only a foul at half at half court that would have given TCU two free throws with a chance to win it, but the guy then falls in the backcourt with possession of the ball, which would be an over and back, be a violation, would give Arizona the ball on the sideline. They don't blow it dead. They let Arizona run, and fortunately, or unfortunately if you're an Arizona fan, the guy went up to dunk it and was unable to get the dunk off before time expired. But uh, TCU had a legitimate chance to lose on a... Missed violation call there. Um, and the Texas last night. Texas shot 12 free throws to produce 46. That's a 46 free throws. Yeah. Um, I believe that is the fourth most all time um, given up in a tournament or called in a tournament and uh, the third or fourth highest margin ever in a tournament game. So. I mean, uh, I didn't watch the game. Was I know you did. So what was the deal there? Were they just like driving to the basket every play? So some of it some of it was. Um, Purdue has a seven foot four big that Texas couldn't really do much with, and they fouled him a lot. Uh, to me, the, the discrepancy should have been about 12, right? I mean, 12 to 14. Purdue deserved to be at the line more than Texas did. But plus 34 is just astronomically high. Um, I just, I don't, think there's any way to justify that much um and then uh notre dame was going for their upset bid last night or yesterday over texas tech and uh, i don't know if you've seen the clip of that there was a goaltend missed where a guy jumped up and grabbed the net causing the basket to shake on a layup attempt there were multiple like drives where guys got hit in the head and they didn't call it eventually texas tech gets a steal gets a run out gets a dunk and they win by five um, just bad, bad stretches from officiating that are, are affecting the outcomes of games. I mean, Texas is minus 34 from the free throw line there, and they lose by 10 with four were intentional fouls. So really, we'll say Purdue shot 42 free throws in regulation. TCU had a chance to win the game, and a foul was not called. Uh, Baylor was let back in the game, would have cost you see an upset. I mean, just bad officiating in key moments, and we've seen it throughout the year. We watched it. We talked about it during bowl season. We've talked about it during the football season. There is a, a an issue right now in officiating, probably across the board, definitely in college officiating. And again, there is no accountability for it. I think that would go a long way with fans, is just giving us some sort of accountability for this. Wondering if just the accountability is happening behind closed doors because... I mean, I would assume that the only reason we have this poor of officiating is because there is not a, um, there's more demand for officiating than there is supply. And so you're seeing worse officials get these bigger gigs. And if you start running them off, you're going to even get the worst guy. I mean, if, if these are the best, if bowl season is bringing out the best in the uh, college football Mm -hmm. game and the tournament should be bringing out the best in the college basketball game. And we're still seeing, I mean, people just absolutely uh, soil the bed with their officiating. You got to think, man, what are, what are the guys that are like coaching like 
the St. Mary's of the regular season. What are these officiating crews? Yeah. Although maybe these are passionate guys that do a better job. I mean, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I also wonder if sometimes, like, the fact that we see stuff in such high-definition quality and we see the replays and we go to Twitter and we watch the clip 5,000 times, if that helps us to be more aware of poor officiating that has always existed. Now, obviously, in a situation like that Texas-Purdue game where... Um, where Texas, you know, shoots 30 plus less free throws. Obviously, you're going to notice that, you know, whether you're watching that on a big screen TV, high def, you know, 4K, or you're watching it on the tube 12 inch TV or listening to it on the radio, right? You don't need yeah. to see those, but some of these, um, you know, some of these other fouls, you know, that you're like, oh, that's a foul. How do they not call that? How do they miss that? I wonder if we're just noticing them more because we're getting, you know, we're getting them in front of our eyes so much. I mean, I don't know about you, but like I just scroll Twitter before bed a lot of times while I'm laying down and mm-hmm. I swear I see the same play 70 times because Sports Center tweeted it and, you know, Chris Bassar tweeted it and this guy tweeted it and it was retweeted right. by Kevin Durant. And like, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I get it. I, I have, I have seen this incredible play. <laughs> I got it. I, thank you very okay. Sports Center top ten tweeted it. Cool, thanks guys. I under, and that's the other thing. It's like ESPN and their forty five accounts all tweet the same right. thing. Okay, I mean I, I guess that's the way to do it. You're reaching a vaster audience, but somehow it's all coming across yeah. my timeline. So yeah, I, most I wonder, most I of the people if, that follow one are going to follow right more than one. So I or, get it. But here's the thing: it'll be like Sports Center retweeted. Top ten, huh. <laughs> like yeah. like SC top ten. I'm like, wait, why, why? Just, we get it. You tweeted it, and then you retweeted someone else who tweeted the exact same thing. Knock it off. Yeah. Anyway, so I just wonder if some of noticing this bad officiating. I'm not saying that it's not I'm getting sure worse. Sure, it is, but I, I, I'm sure that that's a that's a piece of it. Um, but I mean, some of these are just so bad that yeah. you just think that there has to be, and that's where I mean. And I understand that you can't review review everything because the games would take forever. But in key moments, you should be able to review more than what they're reviewing in college basketball right now. I mean, you should be able to go back and review that guy for air, for TCU get fouled and say, okay, we missed a call here. We need to go back and fix that, right? Like, you know, I don't know if you do it under two minutes or under a minute or whatever, but you got to be able to do something. So. Just to reset the uh, the bracket here, in the Sweet 16 in the West, you have Gonzaga versus Arkansas in the 1-4 matchup, Texas Tech versus Duke in the 2-3 matchup. The only bracket that the favorites are still left. So 1-4, yeah, 2-3, the only uh, region where that is the case. Only going region across. where – no, I was going to say I'm perfect, but I'm not perfect. I had UConn beating mm. Arkansas. Going across the, the bracket there to the South region, Arizona, the one seed still alive. Houston, the five seed, and then at the bottom of the bracket, Villanova, the two seed versus Michigan. Um, moving down to the Midwest, Kansas, one seed, Providence, four seed, and then Iowa State, Miami, in an eleven to ten matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, who do? Who who didn't have that one down right? Yeah, exactly. Then moving across to the East, North Carolina and UCLA in a heavyweight battle of the eight and four matchup, but mm-hmm. still two blue bloods. They are blue bloods. You teams. get. And you get Purdue, the three seed, and the St. Peter's Peacocks, baby. Fight, let me fighting fly. Peacocks still alive down there. Um, hoping to make an Elite Eight, which would just be an incredible story. Um, I mean, my St. bracket's Peter's, busted, right? I'm going St. Peter's all in. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, St. Peter's is the first team from New Jersey to make the Sweet 16 since Seton Hall did back in 2009. Okay. Seton Hall's starting point guard at the time is the guy currently coaching the St. Peter's Peacocks. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So, um, really cool guy from what the interviews I've seen with him. You know, they've asked him about, you know, was he nervous down the stretch against Kentucky? And he was like, for what? It's basketball. Like, what's yeah. there to be nervous about? It's Why a game. Why be nervous? So just really, really cool to kind of listen to his comments where he, you know, he's in this huge moment and it just nothing seems to sway him. So we'll see how this all turns out. We'll uh, we'll talk about it again next week. We'll recap it again next week. But it's been a fun tournament. Um, looking forward to the rest of it. Uh, no, don't know how much we're all watch. I was pretty pretty heartbroken after the Vols loss of the day. Um, but yeah. there were other things that happened. Uh, could have gone and baseball's back. Michigan's coach. I could have. He'd have comforted you. Just glad Kennedy Chandler didn't try to call a timeout earlier in the game, or he might have gotten punched by him instead of hugged mm-hmm. by him. But well, you know, what are you gonna do? You know. Anyway, uh, baseball's back. A lot of free agency news. We won't get into that tonight because Nick. Um, I will literally just turn yeah. the stream off. Yeah, Nick hates baseball. I don't get paid um, enough for that crap. <laughs> uh, NFL free agency has been fun though. Um, so I'm gonna go through to start with the AFC West. I am a Chargers fan. I know Jen here is a Raiders fan, and the AFC West is uh, they've loaded up. Um, so that's the division with the Chiefs in it. Nick, for to help you out. Okay, um, I know the Chiefs. They they are uh, obviously they've been one of the favorites for the last few years. They've been one of the best teams in the foot in football. Um, the Chargers signed the top corner on the market, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. He has 25 interceptions through his first four seasons, which is tied for the most all-time. Um, they also traded for six-time Pro Bowler and three-time All-Pro edge rusher Khalil Mack from the Bears. So mm-hmm. they're reloading, and uh, you know, I, you know, I was like, man, you know, maybe maybe the Chargers are going to be the favorite. They're going to you know, unseat the 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 Chiefs there for the favorite in the AFC West. Um, the Broncos, they trade for Russell Wilson and they sign Randy Gregory from the, uh, from the Cowboys. And so that made me think, huh, well, maybe the Broncos are going to be the favorite. And then the Raiders turn around and they trade for De- star wide receiver Devonte Adams from the Packers, uh, reunited him with his college quarterback in Derek Carr at Fresno state. They also signed Chandler Jones, an edge rusher from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like, huh, huh, maybe the Raiders are going to push to be the number one team. And then to cap it off, the Chiefs said, hey, don't forget about us. We, uh, we're going to go ahead and sign Juju Smith-Schuster to add to our already um, elite depth of, of receiving options. And so it's just been crazy. Um, currently, here are your um, – so you have Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and Juju Smith-Schuster. Their top pass rushers are Frank Clark and Chris Jones, who both were um, at the top of their their respective fields last year. The Broncos, they add Russell Wilson to go with their young group of wide receivers, Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton. Um, they have Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory as their edge rushers. The Chargers, with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, they bring back Mike Williams. They now add uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack as their pass rushers. Then, not to be outdone, the Raiders, with Max Crosby, add Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams to go with Derek Carr there to uh, kind of cap that division off. It's going to be a bloodbath. Um, I don't know if... The all four teams from a division have ever made the playoffs, but I think we might be headed that way. Yeah, I mean it's it's fully loaded out there, man. And this has been—I don't know if it's just because I'm paying more attention to it this year, but this has been probably one of the more interesting 
off seasons, as far as some of these bigger moves happening, I mean, you're really seeing some teams go out and spend some money, make some trades. But I've also seen like some crazy, what I would consider value. Because you talked about Woods to the Titans, which is a pretty good pickup for the Titans, in my opinion. And I think they traded like a fifth round draft pick for him, or sixth round, or something goofy like that. I'll get in. I'll get into the rest of uh, the the NFL here um, as soon as whatever video is playing on my headset gets. Sure. So uh, Carson Wentz is traded to the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Um, Still feels wrong to say that, by the way, but Mm -hmm. um, it's a thing that happened. Um, So that leaves the Colts needing a quarterback. So they turn around and they trade for um, Matt Ryan from the Falcons. Yeah which seems to be an upgrade. Interesting thing about that is, uh, so Carson Wentz is traded for a third-round pick. The Colts turn around and trade a third-round pick for Matt Ryan, but they trade their own third-round pick. So they've actually keep the better third-round pick from the from the Washington uh, trade. They also get off the money from Carson Wentz and don't have to pay the money to the Falcons because the Falcons are eating the money. I don't understand that. So they upgrade a quarterback, in my opinion. They get a better draft pick out of it all, and they save money. Not sure how the Colts pulled that off, but they They were able to do so. Some big winners there for sure, though. Uh, So now the Falcons need a quarterback, and they turn around and they sign Marcus Mariota, who was the backup for for the Raiders. So just kind of a crazy domino effect there. Speaking of Um, Raiders, how are you feeling about Josh McDaniels taking over as a head coach there? You know, it doesn't move the needle a whole lot for me, um, personally. Uh, He he might be fine, but I mean, it helps when now that you have uh, Devontae Adams, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, that makes that would make me look good as a. um, Yeah, I'd be interested. He this isn't his first in as a head coach. He didn't do great the first time around, but I also feel like he didn't have a lot of time. I feel like he like very quickly went back to New England and just was like, okay, I'm not ready to do this yet. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he's, what his second stint under the legendary so, Belichick has done for his head coaching experience and ability. Uh, moving on, the Rams signed Allen Robinson from the Bears, um, kind of opening or kind of closing up a spot there for Robert Woods, who you mentioned. They turn around, they traded him to the Titans. It was for a sixth round pick. Yeah. Now he I mean, is crazy. coming off of an ACL injury, and yeah, he yeah. is a speed guy, but. I mean, you're not talking about a guy that's, I don't, I mean. What's his face when the Cowboys got traded for like a fifth or sixth round pick as well? Straight up. Mari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, It's certainly very odd. Uh, I know some of this has been cap related and I think Mari Cooper was a cap shed by the Cowboys, but it's been weird. Um, Tom Brady unretired. Yeah, that was short. So he spent a few weeks at home with his kids and decided it wasn't worth it and wanted to go Mm -hmm. back to work. I can Um, sympathize sometimes. A lot that was met with a lot of uh, frustration from a lot of um, different media outlets. A lot of people were like, "We devoted how much time to your retirement, and then you turn around and retire, <laughs> and you'll get um, to a lot do of them, it again in a year or two. Yeah, a lot of them have said we're not doing this again. I'm sure they that will happen. Hey, they will. Um, how would you like movement? to be the guy that bought the uh, last Tom Brady touchdown ball for like how much, like five hundred thousand or something dumb like that? Yeah, something crazy. 000? And now it's now it's just another touchdown pass he threw because he'll throw forty ish next year. Um, so that'll be his forty uh, third last touchdown. It's pass sold at auction for five hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, 
If I'm Tom Brady, I'm, I'm writing a check to that guy for that amount. Now, in fairness, if some guy has the amount of money to write a $518,000 check, probably... You're paying that much for a football, you probably don't need it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like what I said whenever uh, the Haslam's bought the Browns. Like, you don't buy the Browns if you have you know, $3 billion or whatever it was. You buy the Browns if you have $3 billion in spendable cash. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Browns, actually, we'll, we'll save the Browns. So the Steelers are giving Mitch Trubisky a second shot as a starting quarterback, replacing Big Ben up there in um, Pittsburgh. We'll see how that works out. He, uh, I mentioned they lost Juju, so um, they're without their quote-unquote best receiver, although I think some of their young guys have been better than Juju of late. Um, the Browns debacle has been interesting to follow. Um, they... Baker Mayfield makes some interesting statements. The Browns make a statement, something along the lines of, we want an adult at quarterback. Baker, um, they interviewed with Deshaun Watson in hopes to trade for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson says they're out of the running. They go back and say, okay, Baker, you're our guy. Baker requests a trade. The Browns tell him, eh, too bad. You're stuck here. We're not going to trade you. And then Deshaun Watson says, Actually, you know what? I do want to go to the Browns. Actually, you said and... how much guaranteed? Yeah, I'll come by. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so Deshaun Watson decides he does want to be traded to the Browns. That trade does go through. And now you are dealing with um, <laughs> with the Baker situation, which we'll see how that plays out. We'll get into Deshaun Watson in just a second. Then the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have spent $259.5 million in free agency. I believe about uh, 155 of that uh, million guaranteed. It is. And uh, they gave wide receiver Christian Kirk, who was arguably the fourth best receiver on his team last year for the Cardinals, four years, $72 million. Somebody believes that. That is, that is a lot of money. That You could buy um, you a couple Tom Brady balls with that. Yeah. Wait, that sounded poor. So they... <laughs> um, yeah, so $155 million guaranteed. Um, I mentioned the Kirk's deal. They signed a, a guard, Brandon Scherf, three years, 49 and a half. Uh, linebacker, Foye Oluwakun, three years, 45 million. Cornerback, Darius Williams, three years, 30 million. A defensive tackle for 30 million. Another wide receiver for 24 million, who was um, formerly with the Raiders, who was not their best receiver. So, what is that? Almost $100 million to two receivers that were probably at best the third best receiver for their teams. Yeah. And then they signed tight end Evan Ingram to a one year nine million dollar deal. So 155 They had some money to spend and apparently they wanted to. Um this Brown situation though is just it's really interesting because it's just uh, and and we're not surprised by this, by the way. Uh, you know, some of you guys listening, if you're our Tennessee based audience, you're probably not too surprised to hear that there is dysfunction in an organization that the Haslam's have their hands all over because yeah. the Haslam's have their hands all over Tennessee. And it's been a nightmare for the last decade plus, but, um, and pilots not been great either. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> yeah, just the whole, the whole situation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a mess. And obviously they go out and they're trying to recruit another quarterback. They're basically saying they're done with Baker. And so Baker tweets out to that whole, basically, I don't know what's happening, but you know, Cleveland as a city, as a people, you've been great. I've loved this. You know, it looks like my time here might be coming to an end, and, and I just want to thank you for embracing me, yada, yada, yada. 
And as mm-hmm. you mentioned, then we go to this whole debacle of Watson says no. So the Browns are like, ah, kidding, Baker, we love you. You're our favorite prodigal son. Which, by the way, I know Baker Mayfield, and I, I take off my OU love for Baker Mayfield. I know he is not tier one quarterback, <clears throat> but that dude um, <clears throat> did great things for the city of Cleveland and for that organization. Obviously, he was dealing with an injury all season this year and didn't play spectacularly. But the fact that he got them into winning scenarios um, and a mm-hmm. playoff win, uh, which a lot of teams haven't had, and certainly uh, the Browns haven't had, uh, he, he's you know he's done a lot for that team and for that city and that organization. Uh, and for them to, I think, treat him the way that they did. And I know it's a business, so you can't take it too personal. But then when he requests a trade and they're like, no, sorry, our plan, A didn't work out. So we're sticking with you. And then, oops, uh, now this guy is coming here again because they had it. They threw so much guaranteed money. Right. 30 million guaranteed. I mean, yeah, that is insane. And that's that's fully guaranteed. And I know Baker Mayfield can kind of come off arrogant. Um, see the, you know, grabbing crotch incidents when he was in uh, college or planting a flag in the middle of Ohio State Stadium when he was in college and many other things that he has done that, you know, is idiotic. But um, last time I checked, didn't have 20 plus counts of sexual misconduct, assault, such and such that, I mean, I hate to break it to people just because a grand jury declines to, you know, prosecute doesn't that there's not the same thing as innocent, right? Uh, exactly. and so yeah. <clears throat> this he is, is he is not innocent nor guilty at this point, correct? Um, they have just chosen not to pursue. Uh, back on the uh, just briefly on the Baker because this is not a Baker segment, this is about the Browns. Um, not a Baker fan at all. Um, obviously, being on the other side of some of Baker's shenanigans, mm-hmm. not a huge fan of the guy. Um, that being said, he does come across as arrogant and he does come across as childish, which the Browns made the statement they wanted an adult at quarterback. Hard to say you're getting an adult at quarterback who has 22 counts of sexual misconduct charges filed against him. Um, not exactly an adult um, making good decisions there. So, Which I assume when you say adult, you want somebody making good decisions. Um Baker is an average NFL quarterback, in my opinion. He is good enough to win you games. He's not good enough to win you a title, in my opinion. Uh, I think what really was the final nail in his Cleveland coffin there was Odell going and being so successful with the Rams. Obviously, Stafford is an upgrade at the quarterback position, but what he was able to do at the Rams significantly outweighed. I mean, we mentioned it, that he tied his um, touchdown totals in a few games with... um, with the Rams as he did in his, in his time in Cleveland there. So that that obviously is, is kind of proof is in the pudding there. So I think that that weighed in on the Browns' decision to ultimately decide to pursue other quarterbacks. Now, how the Browns did it is the most Browns way you could do it. Um, <laughs> you screw up the courting of a, another quarterback. Look what the Broncos did, right? Broncos, they courted Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it didn't work out. They traded for Russell Wilson, who is a stand-up guy, a great person. All the things, very involved in the community, all of those things. That was the poster of what to do. And the Browns said, okay, we can do that, but we'll do it the Browns way. We will court a guy who's not a good person. We will alienate our current quarterback. We'll get spurned. We'll go back to our current quarterback. And then whenever that guy who's a bad person decides to pick us, we'll then spurn 
the uh, the current quarterback again. So just an ugly situation with the Browns. Um, I feel for Baker in this moment because I think he has done right by by the the organization. I mean, he's been involved. He he hasn't really publicly said anything negative about the organization, and he kind of gets kicked to the curb in a manner that is undeserved, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see how this all plays out. Um, I kind of hope this backfires in their face because you can't give a guy $230 million who's not been cleared of any wrongdoing. Um, now, we all know what's going to happen here. It's the same thing that happens in all these situations. He will end up settling for whatever amount that they end up settling. All of this will be swept under the rug, and we'll move on as if this didn't happen. But it's a bad look for the NFL who time and again drops the ball when it comes to domestic violence issues, sexual assault issues, all of these key core issues that we are facing in our society today. The NFL time and time again comes up short um, and, and frankly just gives the, the, the view that it just does not care about these issues. It's willing mm-hmm. to just say, do whatever you want, and unless there's video of it, You'll be fine, right? Because really the only guy that's gotten in major trouble has been Ray Rice, and there was video of that. Um, yeah. I, I look at Alvin Kamara's situation. The NFL has not said a word on it. And to my knowledge, the video has not come out yet. Is that right? Have you have you seen anything about it? Not to my knowledge. No, no video that I've heard of. So I assume that it's, you know, hey, you just report back to Saints camp. You just do your thing, and then if the video yeah, comes yeah, out, the we'll, we'll kick you out at that point. So. Yeah. Unless there is something that is publicly shown in a negative light, the NFL will continue to sweep these issues under the rug. They will continue to just turn their blind eye, put the because they're good players, right? I mean, I guarantee you, if Deshaun Watson was not the quarterback that he was prior to his issues, that they would be putting up with this. Oh, by the way, though, Calvin Ridley betted. On some games yes. when he was inactive yeah. and is suspended indefinitely. By yeah. the way, indefinitely. By the way, bet on those games, not like CD corner bookie. Now let me talk yeah. my friends into throwing this game. Like he went on to the sports betting app that the NFL organization mm-hmm. uh, is partnered with, affiliated with, cast bets through that officially recognized and sponsored betting app. And then get suspended yeah. indefinitely. And then you have players like you're saying who are engaging in violence, domestic violence. And then this case here, obviously with Watson, where there's 20 plus counts of misconduct and violence and um, uh, harassment or whatever it is. There, there's, a, there's a mixture of them all, right? It's not just one kind, but mm-hmm. there, there is all that. And we're just going to let him go make $30 million guaranteed or $50 million guaranteed or whatever that number was. Like, and not raise an eyebrow to it. I mean, this is a terrible look for the NFL, but unfortunately, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Seven other people will talk about it, and no one else will. You're not going to see this as the headline for very long nope. on ESPN. So I'll, I'll close here with um, a clip from the New York Times, an article written about the situation, um, kind of going back. How can we be surprised by anything from a league that hardly covers itself in glory when it comes to standing up for the rights of women? The NFL allowed Antonio Brown to play for Tampa Bay even as he faced accusations of sexual harassment and a lawsuit accusing him of rape. 
The NFL stands idle even as one of its foundational teams, the Washington Commanders, is saddled with accounts of harassment from over a dozen women that even involve the team owner, Daniel Snyder. There are plenty of similar stories. By now, they are a part of the NFL fabric. Yeah. As I reflected upon the Watson story of the last few days, I couldn't help but think of another side. What about women who are simply trying to survive harassment and abuse? How did news of Watson signing affect women at a place like the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center? I mean, think about that. This is... There are real people tied to the other side of this. There are... you know, We, we blasted, you know, Lebby and OU to a few weeks back on this, right? So we... We're not speaking out of both sides of our mouth here, I don't think. I think we have been pretty... We've been pretty consistent on this issue. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we are laying it out where we stand. That is being ignored. And it's, being, it's now ingrained. I mean, like he yeah. says, it's now a part of the fabric. It is so much ingrained. It is synonymous with NFL. It, is, it, it is one and the same. Yeah. The NFL is willing to allow whatever it... it it takes as long as you're putting out a product that makes them money, they're willing to allow whatever it takes as long as it's not going to very publicly in a in a video way affect their public out, um, view, right? Affect the way that they're viewed yeah. by the public. They don't care what's said as long as you can't see it. And what's disgusting is the moment you can see it, they'll come at it with such a swift hammer and act like they're disgusted as if they didn't know about the situation oh, yeah. for the entire time. Yeah. You mean to tell me that Joe Schmo with the video camera is able to, to get a hold of this and you, the multi-billion dollar organization with the best lawyers in the country, yeah. best investigators in the country, haven't been able to, to dig this up? No, you dug it up. You're trying to sweep it under the rug and it got out. Absolutely. So and that, even, even, you know, like the Camara thing. If a video comes out tomorrow... Yeah, Camara's done. He's done. But until that video comes out, it's fine. And it's not like there's any doubt to his guilt, right? Like... No. There's he, none. Everybody but, knows... There has been no denial so that, if that something video took comes place. Out, that, that's, that's one, once that publicity can fall back on the NFL in a visible, tangible way... Then they'll come in and, and act all high and mighty and have we have the utmost integrity and this can't be allowed in our sport. No, it just can't be so noticeable yeah. that it's allowed in your sport. It's absolutely it allowed in your sport. Can't make me look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sin is not the violence. The sin is making the NFL look bad. And that's a very depressing place to be uh, mm-hmm. as a sports organization, but much bigger than the scope of this podcast. That's a really bad place to be as a society. And mm-hmm. we're parked there, friends. I'm sorry to say yeah. it, but we are absolutely parked there. I'm going to um, read this again before we move to Mount Rushmore. What about women who are simply trying to survive harassment and abuse? How did news of Watson signing? I'm going to interject here. $230 million guaranteed. How did news of Watson signing affect women at a place like the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center? In their own backyard, I guarantee you that the Browns are involved in some manner with this organization. I would be willing to bet my house on it, that they give money or something to this organization. Right. And with this, out of the same bank account, they're going to turn it and pay a guy $230 million fully guaranteed with 22 counts of allegations against him. Absolutely unacceptable. Shame on you, 
the Browns and shame on the NFL for not doing something about this. Yep. Bad situation. All right. Let's move on to something slightly more pleasant, though. Do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time as we wrap up this episode for a little bit of Mount Rushmore, where we try to focus on something good because sports sometimes is something bad. So tonight we are going to uh, talk about food because we love to talk about food. We're going to talk about our... Really good at eating food. We, so you know, hey, I excel at some things in life and not some other things. Um, what, what, what brought us around to this topic? Were we just talking about sub sandwiches? Is it sub day? Yes. Yeah, so um, National Cheesecake Day is in a few days. Okay. Um, there's not a lot of great cheesecake shops around us, unfortunately. Okay, that's so true. I just we just transitioned to sub shops, our favorite sub shops in the area. Okay. Now okay. you're being you are specifying sub shop, not just like sandwich place, right? You're you are saying there's a difference there. Give me a sandwich place, what like McAllister's is somewhere I'm going to go get a sandwich. I'll give you McAllister's. You can nukes. You, you can do nukes if you want nukes. Okay. I'll, right. I'll give you. You I'll go give ahead. You, give, you give us your list. Okay. First. Number four for me is Firehouse. It is um, it's a national chain, right? So it's it's more universally known. Um, you can pretty much find one in most places. It's good. They have a good variety. It's it's fairly quick. Um, it's a good sub, right? I mean, you, okay. it is a good sub. Options. Number three for me is Charlie's Subs. Have you had Charlie's? I've not had Charlie's. Charlie's, the only one we have, unfortunately, is at the mall. I have seen some standalone in some areas. I believe Johnson City has a standalone. Um, but Charlie's is a, it's a cheesecake, uh, or cheesecake, cheese steak. Oh, that's how we got here. We are talking um, cheese steaks, I think. Yeah, cheese yeah. steaks. Okay. Um, so it's a cheese steak sub place. Um, they mm-hmm. have uh, both chicken fillies and um, the normal filly. Uh, very good. There's one at the mall. Next time we go to the mall. Uh, a, don't go to the mall. It's a nightmare. But B, if you do go to the mall, go to Charlie's. It's very good. Worth your time. Okay. Number two for me is Jersey Mike's. We don't have many in the area. I think we're down yeah. to one, maybe two. Um, two. One of them's on campus when I worked at UT. Um, obviously, I was working on campus, and I went to Jersey Mike's a lot. I really like their, um, I really like their type of sub. I, I'm a cold sub guy, which I know drives my father crazy. But I really like Jersey Mike's. Their club sub is um, it's one of my favorites. My favorite, probably more just because of the um, external circumstances. I love Nixon's. Um, Nixon's a place that I've eaten a lot with um, with my dad when I come in from school. We'd go to Nixon's a lot on a Friday and grab lunch after my classes or whatever. So probably more just for nostalgic purposes. But I really like Nixon's. It's good sub. Again, I like my cold. Drives my sure. dad crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big, big Nixon's guy. Um, Nixon's again. a local place out here in Knoxville. I don't yes. think it's a chain at all. So. Right, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's your run of the mill, okay. Um, kind of local sub shop. But again, like I said, it's the the nostalgia probably more than anything. But it's good sure, stuff. Sure. Any honorable mentions you need to mention? I'll let you give yours, and we'll do it together. Okay. All right. So I tried to keep mine more on the national chain level because of our vast listening audience. Um, but you know, I do enjoy places they like eat Philly cheesesteaks and Australia. Um. They eat Australian cheesesteaks, probably. <laughs> um, so for my number four, that is where I kind of did stray. I was going to put Nixon's on there. If you're going to give me non-full sub places, I would probably slip somewhere like McAllister's in here. 
um, just so it's another national chain that other people have eaten at. Honestly, the quality is not great. You know, you're kind of getting some pretty processed stuff, but it's good sweet tea and um, I love, they have an orange cranberry sauce that you can get on some of their sandwiches. Um, there's like an orange cranberry, uh, like a, not a sub, but a club. Um, and it's pretty good. So I'll slide that there. Uh, number top three, notch honey mustard. they do have top notch honey mustard. I will give you that for sure. Uh, number three for me is Jimmy John's again, just keeping this on the national chain kind of level. Um, all in all, I'm not probably going to pick Jimmy John's a, a lot of times, but I do like it um, because like you, and I actually didn't know this about you. I thought you were a hot sub guy. I also like cold subs. I don't like hot subs um, very much at all. And so I, I can eat them occasionally, but I much prefer my sub to be cold. So I like Jimmy John's. It's a cold sub. Um, Jimmy John's, when I lived, uh, when I was going to college in Edmond, Oklahoma, there was a Jimmy John's literally like 20 seconds from my apartment. Um, but we were dangerous. Well, here was even the worst thing. They delivered, and their delivery fee was based on the proximity to your place. <laughs> so they delivered to us for a quarter. <laughs> wow. So, like, you know, we tipped them like a buck or two, but it was like, yeah, I can order this, and there would be a sub at my place in literally like three minutes. Um, so we would eat a lot of Jimmy John's. Uh, it was good stuff for sure. I like their bread. I, I don't know. I like really. Yeah, I don't of, like their bread. Their bread. See, I don't. So, Sometimes I really just love that very classic hard kind of sub roll. It's chewy to me. Yeah, I kind of like that sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes I like oh, that. So Jimmy like John's I, is number three I feel for like me. A lion, I like have to rip it. Yeah, I like, so. I like that sometimes. Yeah, it makes it, it does it. It brings out the you back to your. It takes you back to your caveman days. That's right. Exactly. Uh, number two for me is also uh, made your list as well. Uh, was Firehouse. Firehouse is a pretty good sub. It's pretty standard. You know what you're going to get every time. I like their club on a sub. I get it served cold, um, and it's really good. Big ranch guy. Um, I just I don't like exotic sauces on my subs very much. I think because I used to eat a lot of Subway, and you know you'd get weird sauce on it. I don't know. Just give me give me some mayo, maybe a little bit of mustard. Uh, But yeah, I like Firehouse. I will occasionally get it the way that they make it, which is all steamed and warmed. It is good, but I prefer mine uh, cold. Firehouse is the one warm sub I like. And then number one for me, like you made your list as well, is um, Jersey Mike's. Uh, I am very sad we don't have them out here really anywhere that I can get it on a consistent basis. When I lived in Oklahoma, there was one really close to the church I worked at. And I would eat there quite a bit. I would get, uh, of course, the Italian Mike's Way with the Jersey Dab, which is where they put more um, of the oil and vinegar on the countertop. And then they rub the top of your bread in that. And it's just delicious. Um, and occasionally I would get the meat heated up. And they would not just like microwave it. They would toss it on a grill. And that's the wow. good thing about Jersey Mike's is they cut the meat and the cheese right there fresh in front yes. of you. So, you know, you're getting good stuff. So. I do love me. Yeah, it's the mics. best. Subwise, it's probably the best sub. Like I said, Nixon's just got bumped up for about a year or two ago. Uh, I had to go and conduct a wedding ceremony for. Yeah, thanks, Cal. Not your wedding ceremony, by the way. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went and conducted a wedding ceremony for a cousin of mine down in Georgia, and um, mm-hmm. it was just a pretty informal kind of family event. It was right there in the height of COVID, but. For the reception, they paid you well too, I recall. yes, they did indeed. Uh, actually, I did get some pretty sweet gifts out of that thing. Uh, but for the uh, for the re- reception there after the wedding, they had catered in like Jersey Mike's, which was just oh, wow. a bunch of wrap subs, you know. But dude, mm-hmm. like they bring the little bottles of the oil. Uh, man, me and one of my uncles, we put some sandwiches down that night, my friend. 
I don't blame like, you. At the reception, and then by the time like two o'clock rolled around at the hotel we were staying at, we'd probably eaten like fifteen or twenty subs each. It was wow. It's not a good night. No. Oh, no. it's big heavy. fan. Big big fan of Jersey Mike's. So Subway to, didn't make your list of honorable mentions or anything. No, it used to. Um, it made me really sick a while back, and I've just gotten really turned off on the Subway. Um, it's yeah. just, it's just. It, it, I will it's, say I like their and I feel like their Italian herbs and cheese is not as good as it used to be. I used to really like their Italian herbs and cheese. Um, there were more bread types in Oklahoma than there are out here. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Lenny's. You ever had Lenny's? Never had Lenny's. Lenny's is okay. It's it, it's an overpriced sub, but um, mm-hmm. it's pretty good sub. They have they have a they have too many options. Okay. They do like the whole thing. It's it's too much, but um. McAllister's would make my list as an honorable mention. I uh, like that their honey mustard is phenomenal. I need to try their orange cranberry. Sounds good. It's good. Yeah. Cal, do you have Philly cheesesteaks out there? Or is it made with like kangaroo or kangaroo cheesesteak? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, because out here we don't have the jalapeno cheddar bread at Subway, do we? No. Yeah, see, that was a big thing. I would get that all the time. It was kind of like that Asiago bread a little bit, but it would have like jalapeno baked into it as well. It was really good. I removed like, old English cheese here. I don't even want to know what old English cheese is. I saw a TikTok the other day where someone was like, I'm going to Subway. What do you want anything? And they were like ordering it and they were saying a bunch of words I'd understand. And they were like, do you want salad on it? Which I assume they meant like vegetables. Yeah. But that's like what my daughter calls it when she's like, she just calls like all vegetables salad. And I have to like correct her like, no baby, a salad's <laughs> like this thing we eat. Apparently she would fit into Australia. All right, we don't need this on the recorded podcast though. So we're going to end this thing unless you got anything else, Stephen. No, good. All right. Well, then, my friends. This has been another episode of the Sports Corner Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. We hope that you'll follow us on social media, join our Discord, all those other things that we talked about. Until next time, this has been episode 74, where we talked about the NCAA tournament, the NFL offseason, and so much more. For Steven, my name is Nick. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Go Peacocks.